0: To the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
1: All right, it's good to have you with us. Thursday, the Jaguars closer to winning your end. It's pretty simple. It's not called the NFL playoffs, Week 18, Game 17, but it is. Really no other way to say it. And that applied last week when they got off the schneid after losing four in a row. 26-0. Complete, absolute demolition, destruction against the David uh, Tepper-led Carolina Panthers. And same deal here now. This is a rivalry. We know all the stakes. 34-24 lifetime. A plus 10, the overall advantage there for the hated Tennessee Titans. And they did win five in a row, but as of late, it's been all Jacksonville. They've won three straight, 34-14 to earlier this year. It was November 19th when that did take place. And since he's been the coach of the Jaguars, Doug Peterson has never lost a football game against Tennessee. And really, the storylines in this one are endless. Uh, For both teams. I mean, this could be it for Derrick Henry. This could be it for Ryan Tannehill. This could be it for Mike Vrabel. Although it sounded like yesterday, that's not the case. And, you know, there are reports that he's not seeing eye-to-eye with their general manager, Rand Carthon, and that possibly they could be going in a different direction. Others have said that uh, there's a possibility that, you know, Mike Vrabel could be traded. Who was the last coach to get traded? I I believe it was John Gruden. Right. Was it Gruden who went, or was Peyton actually, even though he sat out a year, I guess going from New Orleans to Denver, it would be Sean Peyton. But I, you know, I think of Bill Belichick. I think of John Gruden. Um, it's amazing because that's kind of lost with football fans in general. A coach can be traded, a head coach can be traded uh, just like a player. Can be traded. Was Parcells so, traded? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> when he did not fly back. Gosh, I remember reading this to a Michael Hawley's book. It's really good. It's called Patriot Rain. And he did not fly back with the New England Patriots after they lost in the Super Bowl to Lord Favre and the Green Bay Packers. A Super Bowl in which really the difference makers were two former Jaguars. The 100-yard touchdown return on a kick by Desmond Howard right after New England went ahead. And then late in the game, bad moon rising on the other end of a Lord Favre touchdown pass. That was the first Super Bowl I actually ever went to. I remember sitting next to the uh, the late uh, Dennis Green in the auxiliary press box. But I honestly don't remember. I know
2: Yeah, he, he was. Back- so the Jets got parcels from New England. Okay. For a first-round pick in 1999, second-round pick in '98, and a third-and-a-fourth-round pick. And $300,000. There
1: you go. So we've had trades. You know, it wasn't too long after the tuck rule, right, that Oakland sent John Gruden. Uh, was it Oakland at the time? Yes, it was Oakland. Uh, over to uh, to Tampa Bay, where Gruden would go ahead and and win a Super Bowl ring there with the uh, with the Buccaneers and um, another former Jaguar picked up a ring there, uh, the great Keenan McCardell. But you don't hear about that an awful lot. There is some talk that, that that really could be, you know, the case. And there's a lot of people in New England who believe that this is it for Bill Belichick, and he could be on the move. Obviously, Jim Harbaugh's got that monster game coming up on Monday night. If you're Jim Harbaugh, you know, the pressure now, I think, is absolutely on him to win that. Then probably, you know, do the right thing, right? Do the uh, the American thing, and that's leave a massive mess for someone else, right? Win the championship and then go off to the Los Angeles uh, Chargers and then wait for the NCAA and others to get fully involved in that cheating situation. What are they going to do? They're going to strip them of the national title. They're going to take away all those wins. Hell, it already happened with that team, basketball-related. Remember the Ed Martin deal with the Fab Five? They had to take down the banners. Taking down banners, taking away wins, is is beyond stupid. Okay, And this isn't, oh, Blues being a little you-know-what because Bobby Bowden had those what, 14 wins stripped away? No. I feel that way about John Calipari at the University of Massachusetts when he had Marcus Camby and he had Lou Rowe. I, mean, I feel that way as um, it, bad as it was, and it was the worst ever, with Joe Paterno. Take down the statue. Do whatever you want, but you can't take away the wins? As a matter of fact, I don't even know if they took away the wins from Joe Pa. They took away the wins there from Michigan. You know, we just documented uh, that uh, taking away wins, taking away a, a Heisman Trophy from Reggie Bush, I've never understood that because you can never change the feeling of complete jubilation while you're celebrating that victory. You understand what I'm getting at?
2: 111 vacated for Paterno. He had so 111 wins? So you have to a race basically <clears> – <throat> Twelve plus years, however long that was of wins from your mind. That's it how important it is.
1: That yeah, that's how important it is to me. I, I don't even really pay attention to that. Didn't the same thing happen to Beheim at Syracuse? I mean, he lost like hundreds of uh, of victories. It it just hundred and one. Yeah. So you know, David Tepper, you find him three hundred K, it's nothing. Now, that's monopoly money to most of us, $300,000. I mean, just think about what that could do for you, what that could do for yours truly. That, that's massive amounts of money. But when you're a multi-billionaire, it's nothing. That, that doesn't um, fit the crime. You want to do something to hurt him? Take away a late draft pick. You want to do something to hurt him? Don't allow him to actually go to a game. I'm, I'm Again, I, I'm asking a lot of questions about this early on because I, I didn't plan on going down this road. But didn't they say that to Bob Kraft? I mean, after the, uh, the masseur and all that. And they say just kind of stay away uh, for a little bit. So yeah, you can say to Bob Kraft, who does what he does uh, behind closed doors, where it was supposed to be a one-on-one relation. And I'm not supporting it as far as you know, but he was told to stay out. You got a guy here in town who throws a cocktail all over fans and doesn't even get, in my mind, close to the same type of penalty because $300,000 to him is basically couch change. So, yeah, you know, fitting the crime to me doesn't add up. And, And maybe you disagree with that. You know, no matter what it's been, any championship that we have witnessed, pro, college, whether it's football or basketball, whether it's Spygate or DeflateGate, whether it was Miles Jack wasn't down. I mean, if craziest of all scenarios, if all of a sudden they turned around and said, you know what, that call was wrong, and Philly won the Super Bowl anyway. So congratulations, Jacksonville. Years later, we're actually going to crown you. AFC champions, would it matter now outside of just being able to look at that and it's listed somewhere, it's documented somewhere? It's the exact same opposite. Let's say you go back and what if the NCAA said to Reggie Bush because of everything that he was a part of, all right, we're taking away those titles for Southern Cal. I don't get it because you lived it, you were a part of it, you breathed it, you celebrated it. If you go back and take it away later, a lot of people have died since then. Many have passed on since then. You you can never erase the moment. So I'm not a fan of taking away wins. I'm not a fan of taking down banners. Uh, I'm not a fan of of handing back trophies or championships. I, I think you have to be creative here. And you have to find a way to really hurt the situation, but not in that manner. And... One major problem that the NCAA has always had, and it goes back to the days of unscrupulous boosters and what have you, is that it never affected the current team. It always go back and hurt the incoming team or the recruits of the team that would come in a couple of years later. Um, There's going to be a massive mess at Michigan. And you'll start to hear that. Strip them of this. Strip them of that. Nothing is timely with the NCAA, and a lot of people are already calling them cheaters now. I mean, I love social media the other night when it was Michigan-Alabama. They were saying, you know, it was the cheaters against the one school Alabama that's always going to get the call uh, from the officials. So anyway, that's my kind of long way around of saying that I absolutely expect that this to be it for Jim Harbaugh, and he will be on the go as well. So you're going to have three really attractive head coach names that are there. If Mike Vrabel is either traded or fired, okay, he's going to find another home. Jim Harbaugh is going to find a home. Bill Belichick, if he is fired or they mutually agree um, to leave one another, he is going to find another home as well. Interesting, the NFLPA did a study with players throughout the league. They listed the top five offensive and defensive coordinators. According to the players... And you would think that those would be the guys who are going to get the most interviews coming up. There could be as many as nine job openings at the end of the year. Right now, there are three. We just talked about two other possibilities there. Tennessee and New England, that'd be five. But there could be four more uh, that could also uh, be all said and done with Black Monday uh, coming up in just a couple of days. All right, so it's good to have you with us. And we're real busy tonight. I, I never thought that I would say this, but I'm going to. The Jaguars have a better chance of winning in Nashville with CJ Beathard. I mean, think about it for a moment. I don't know what's going on. I'm getting all sorts of mixed uh, signals here. This is a really bizarre beginning to this program. What in the hell is going on in Las Vegas? Why did this line go from five and a half to three and a half? The ESPN talkies are like, yeah, he's throwing it, but. You know, they're this way, they're that way with him. Oh, by the way, he's also got a finger on the left side that all of a sudden is becoming, uh, I guess, somewhat alarming. It's not going to affect him when it comes to throwing the football. We do know that. But I I think the conversation has really turned into this. It's been one thing after another this year for Trevor Lawrence. There's been a lot of missed time for him during the— ankle during the concussion protocol during the shoulder he hasn't gotten the reps he hasn't taken the snaps he hasn't been out there practicing and the end result has been what it hasn't been good for jacksonville they've lost games he has not looked himself i you know when when it's the preseason and it's i'll never forget 20 years ago arguing with uh, with david lamb about this. I I am an every snap count guy. Okay. I never played the game. Neither did David for that matter. But when I look at what is going on and I I try to analyze or evaluate and then bring it here to the program, I'm I'm one of those I want the starters to get every snap. Okay, the year that you had Minshew taking first snaps with Trevor was a joke. Okay, that's Urban Meyer. You've seen it in college. That's where it typically happens, right? I mean, every school around here, there's been times where you have a couple of quarterbacks battling it out in the month of August. And, you know, you're fighting for snaps with the first team. And I understand that sometimes that's just the way it has to be. Okay, I mean, there's no other way around it. You, you you've got to figure out who your best player or players are. But I remember, you know, Lamb and I. It goes back to the Maurice Jones-Drew when he held out, and I'm you know I was one of those. Oh no, you need him in camp, man. I mean, f- solve it. And obviously, Shaq Khan didn't budge. But my my feeling was because Maurice Jones-Drew was one of the great practice players that I've ever seen here. And and what I mean by that is his work ethic was really outstanding. You could be working at the other 20 yard line, 80 yards away from the other end zone. And I don't care if it was a half speed drill or a non-contact drill, which for the most part was the case. When you handed the football off to Maurice Jones, drew and he ran between the tackles or ran between the guards and, and, you know, went for what most running backs would do for, you know, maybe 15, 20, 25 yards. Uh Uh-uh. Maurice Jones, Drew, always took it all the way to the end zone. And I always admired that by him because he was their best player during that time. But I, I thought that his effort and his attitude was the best of anyone on the practice field. Anyway, my point then was... I want him out there for every snap. And David's like, he's fine. He's fine. He can be like a Walter Jones to show up the week of the game. And, and uh, he's there and he does that. Okay, well, we can have a different opinion on that. And I also think that it's safe to say that there have been players who are really good at practice and sucking games. There have also been players who are really bad in practice. And also bad in games. No, really bad in practice, but better in games. I don't think Blake Bortles was a good practice player. Uh, B- Blaine Gabbert threw maybe the best ball we've ever seen on, that, uh, on those practice fields. Not the brand new Miller, Lights, uh, Miller Electric Center, but I'm talking about across the street. Gabbard threw um- uh, G- Gabbert threw a Hall of Fame ball in practice, and then you saw him turtle, uh, you know, come games. But that's where we are. If Trevor isn't practicing, and we saw today that he did in a very limited basis, but we don't know fully what he was able to do today. How how much did he throw the football? What was the route tree like for the wide receivers? Was everything consistently, you know, dinking and dunking? Uh, these are answers to questions that right now we do not know. But apparently the folks in Vegas Believe that they know something because again, whether it's been massive sharp money or it's just the public, we've seen a two-point dip in the point spread. We'll head out to Las Vegas next hour and uh, check in with our good buddy Rafael Esparza to really take a look at this uh, movement on this Thursday. But I want to begin that with you and you know really make it twofold as we get things started. We do have a lot to accomplish here over the next uh, hour and forty minutes, but I mean straight up. You would think it's such an obvious answer. who would you rather have playing quarterback this weekend? Trevor Lawrence or CJ. Bethard? I mean I almost feel out of sorts even asking it, but because of the reason I just gave you about injuries and the lack of practice time, the lack of reps, does that change with this game coming up in three days? so you can get us on that six four one, ten, ten. Also your thoughts overall on anything I said as far as uh, practice and reps, or maybe you're one of those who just believes, uh-uh, you know, you're a pro, and there are certain guys, I and mean, look at DeAndre Hopkins, he had yesterday off, and, you know, they're bringing him along, he's a pro, he can basically do whatever he wants uh, right now in in Tennessee. There are certain guys that it, it, it doesn't have an effect on them, but with a quarterback, absolutely, he has to be taking those snaps, as far as I'm concerned, so... Let us know about that. As always, the best way to get us, again, is on the text line. That number for you is 641-1010, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. All right. Your eyes, you only have one set of them, right? And um, that's disturbing to so many. You're just petrified about the entire process. How about when someone in the office mentions cataract, right? And it becomes apparent that... I don't know what the numbers are, but it feels like one out of two or one out of three um, human beings who are 40 or older, you have issues with cataract. And and just because you have that problem doesn't mean that you are going to need cataract surgery. All right? There could be another remedy for you there. That's why I deeply recommend Shmunez Vision. It's only one of the things that they do offer. All right? Dr. Catherine Shmunez is fellowship trained in cornea. Uh, cataract surgery, all refractive surgery, combined with Dr. Neo Schmunez. That's more than 30 years plus in laser eye surgery experience. Just normal eye exams, always important with your eyes changing all the time. Uh, sure, you can get that there, but there's so much more to really consider when it comes to your eyes. I want you to look at their website. It's phenomenal. Just go to ShmunezVision.com. Again, it's a family organization out at the beach, and that's the best part of it, is beginning a relationship with them. Them knowing you, every time you go back and visit, uh, they're well aware of where you were and where you can get to. And that's comforting because, unfortunately, this business can be a racket. And it's almost like going in and, and getting a, you know, an oil job on, on, your, uh, on your vehicle, in and out, in and out. That's not the case when it comes to your eyes. With your DNA, everyone is different. You need the special attention. You're going to get it at Shmunez Vision. So visit them today. Go to shmunezvision.com. Care you can see. All right, let me come back. we got a lot to do. Let's talk about that with Trevor Lawrence. Also the latest as far as injuries with the Jaguars. we got much more planned as well over the next couple of hours. It's great to have you with us right here on this Thursday along with J.J. LaSelva. My name is Rick Bellew.
0: Into the Night with Rick Ballew on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
1: All right, we you tonight till 8 o'clock. Got a lot to do here over the next 90 minutes. If you're listening to us on 92.5 FM, we do appreciate it. If you're listening to us on 1010 on the AM, same deal. JU Basketball will be coming up in about 15 minutes. If you want to enjoy the game, then do just that. If you want to continue with us, there are options. You can go over to the 92.5 on the FM. You can pull up the 92.5 app, or you can also pull up YouTube into the night. And I've just pulled up YouTube right now. I, I, actually, from where I sit, I can barely see JJ. I can actually see him here on the uh, YouTube broadcast. Is there anything that I missed as far as other ways that people can get our program?
2: On your actual radio. Okay. 92.5 FM, of course. Mm hmm. Yeah. Going with the PAPS Blue Ribbon hat
1: tonight. Felt like I got kind of slumming it a little bit. You know, it's kind of, we saw some sun today, and <clears throat> I didn't notice it until I pulled up the YouTube. I think this is as pasty as I've ever been in my life. I, I feel like I'm back in Chicago. Um, I'm pretty proud of the tan I get. During the offseason, and, you know, I've never been a guy who goes and lays out. Uh, to me, that's just a complete, absolute waste of time. But, you know, walking the beach or having cocktails at the beach is always a lot of fun, and certainly playing golf is a blast. But, I mean, looking at me right now, you would not think that I am broadcasting live here from Jacksonville, Florida. You would think I'd be out in Bismarck or something. So that needs to change, and, uh, and we need some more sun. Who's going to be the quarterback on Sunday?
2: Uh, Trevor, no doubt, especially after today throwing out practice. Yeah, I have no uh, question in my mind that Trevor will be trotting out there to start the game. Will he be like 100% in the Trevor that we know? I don't know, but he's definitely going to play. He is the franchise
1: quarterback. He is the guy that is going to be most responsible for completely turning this franchise around. Yet, there's a lot of people out there who believe this week Jacksonville has a better chance of winning with C.J. Beathard.
2: How? I mean, based on last week's game against the worst team in the NFL where he wasn't asked to do anything, I think this is going to be a completely different Ball game, a team that's going to be going for revenge after last season, uh, a team that's probably going to be like hyped up to win one last game for Derrick Henry, maybe for Mike Rabel, and and they just have more talent than Carolina. It totally different ball game. You can't rely on just hey throw a guy out there as long as we don't turn the ball over we'll win this game pretty easily. Like you you can't rely on six straight three and outs. From the opposing <laughs> team, which happened in the Carolina game. Yeah. And a kicker that wasn't even able a, to play. A linebacker. Yeah. But,
1: yeah, I mean, 124 yards, Jacksonville held them to 1 of 13 on third down. They they were just, you know, incredible. Six sacks. Uh, I'm with you there, and it's – the way I'm looking at this, it's not who gives you a better chance, who do you go with Trevor at Bethard. It's the other side of what I mentioned at the top. There, There is this – School of thought that if Trevor doesn't practice, he hasn't been nearly as good. Now, he did go on a limited basis. That's certainly better than, you know, what we saw last week. Remember last week at this time, we were kind of like, wait a minute. Doug Peterson said he was going to go on Wednesday, and he was going to throw, and he didn't. And then he didn't go on Thursday, and we were all confused. Some people were saying Peterson was a liar. There's no way you lie about something like that. You don't lie about something that can be proven an hour later, it, it was either miscommunication or Trevor had somewhat of a setback. And, you know, Peterson earlier in the week talked about the setback and said that that wasn't the case on Monday. But it, it, it feels like something's happened here because you also add to that the, the non-throwing hand and, and the finger. So, mm.
2: I think that he just didn't throw at all last week, which he said. And was expecting, hey, maybe, you know, a warm-up on Friday or Saturday, whatever it is, right before the game. And they realized, like, oh, this is worse than we expected. Like, having not thrown the entire week, how would they have even known? Like, they were talking out of their ass the entire week, talking about, oh, I'm – it's not necessarily lying, but it's – they never once said, like, hey, I haven't thrown at all. I don't know what's going to happen. They were very optimistic-sounding about everything. But he's been throwing. That's what gives me some optimism. Doug
1: Peterson, all year, has talked about preparation, practice, good practice week, bad practice week, lack of communication, uh, consistency on that offensive line. But, you know, you, you go back to something as simple, not as simple, but as damaging as when Trevor got his second injury, which was the high ankle sprain. It was a it was apparently a play call change of the line of scrimmage and Parker Washington ran the wrong route. And we remember Doug Peterson talking about it after the fact about, you know, the lack of practice with one another and things like that. He, it feels like he's really a stickler with being out there and practicing. So the difference this week so far from a week ago is that we have seen Trevor out there, but once again, I want to trust Vegas. Now I will say this, Vegas in some circles, was wrong last week, right? We had the Philly Rooster on Friday. The Philly Rooster, who we'll have on tomorrow, who I, I happen to think is outstanding, and he's very connected, he said that from his connections and some of the books that, that he leans on, he leans on several right there in Las Vegas, that they were under the impression he was going to play. Rafael Esparza, who's going to join us tonight, last Thursday, he was under the impression he was going to play. And he did not play. Well, this week, it feels more and more like he's going to play. But how do you explain a dip of two points in Las Vegas going from five and a half to three and a half? What do they know? And, again, I don't don't know at this point if this was a massive bet by a wise guy that moved this line or is the general public – just wagering time and again and time and again on all of
2: a sudden, you know, Tennessee. Doesn't it seem like that's the right line though? Three and I like five and a half. I was like, "Whoa, really? That's that's a lot of points for a team that hasn't scored a first half touchdown in a few games, mm-hmm. whose quarterback hasn't played in a couple of weeks, who's obviously hurt, um, and it's on the road." I just thought that was a crazy line. I don't necessarily think they know something. I I just think people are betting it to the number that it should be at. Three and a half sounds about right to me. Tennessee got blown out here on the 19th of November, 34-14.
1: Ever since then, look at what they've done. They beat Carolina 17-10. They lost 31-28 to Indy. They went to Miami and won 28-7. They lost to the Texans. Nineteen sixteen, They lost to the Seahawks 20-17. to Alright, they got blown out last week by Houston. And I think we're all guilty of this. We have a very short memory. We remember what? What happened last? Right now here in Jacksonville, you're thinking six sacks, held them to 124 yards. Bethard, Dinkin, and Duncan moving the football. What Jacksonville scored on uh, I want to say... Was it four field goals and two? You know, they scored on on, on six uh, different possessions uh, in this game. You, you finally went for ETN did for over 100 yards, only the second time this year that Travis ETN has gone. But that's the short memory. I think it's the same thing when you're having cocktails or you're just having, you know, you're at the water cooler at work. You're like, yeah, man, you know, 26-3. Let's get it done. T- I just took you through what they've done, though, for the last six weeks. They've lost three games by a field goal. They've been, they've been in them all. So I'm picking Jacksonville. I, I made that announcement on Monday. I'm not going to change my, my uh, opinion on that right now. No way. But I don't think this is going to be as easy as some out there believe. I, I think it's a 60-minute game. That, that is what Tennessee does. They play for 60 minutes. All right, we got much more to do. Let's get you involved with the program. Your comments, 641-1010 on our text line. That's brought to you by Lifetime Enclosure.
0: Let's ring up another guest
1: on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. All right, the only change today in the injury report for the Jaguars, they actually did add C.J. Beathard. He was not on it yesterday. It's the left shoulder. He did practice in full today, along with both offensive linemen who did not start a week ago. Walker, a little remember, he came in late, took seven snaps at left tackle, replacing Cam Robinson. Ezra Cleveland didn't give it a go. I think he'll be back at left guard on Sunday. Zay Jones, Christian Kirk remain limited, and of course, most of our conversation is on Trevor Lawrence, whether or not he'll be able to play Sunday in Tennessee. All right, much more on the Jaguars coming up throughout the remainder of the program. Right now, though, I want to take a moment uh, to get to some golf, only because you've heard me bragging as of late about Cimarron, all right? Right out there again on 210. It's been around forever. Uh, But there's been a massive change, an ownership change, and I've talked about the greens and the fairways and the tee boxes and the clubhouse, indoors, outdoors, and everything else that goes along with it. And I want to bring in uh, my good buddy Rick Shoemaker, who is the, uh, owner of Cimarron, and uh, he joins Rick Ballew. And, uh, Rick, I know you're so busy over there. I appreciate a few minutes of your time. How you been?
3: I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic. and Never too busy to talk to you and uh, all your listeners out there. It's exciting. Again, I really appreciate you having me on.
1: Yeah, I've kind of offered a challenge to him, and, and I know I've told you this, but this is what I've said. I said, go, regardless of what you've heard over the years, go out and try. Go out and play Cimarron. Get a feel for it, and then get back to me on the text line at six four one ten ten. Brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, and let me know what you think. And I've yet to get one negative comment. It's been positive after positive with everything you've done. Of course, the price is absolutely sensational, but you've put a lot of hard work into it, Rick. And uh, you know, we're letting the listeners out there know that it's been a complete change at Cimarron.
3: No, I appreciate that, and it's it's been a long haul. It's been about a year and a half, and uh... Again, we, we took over Cimarron from the uh, former owners, and, and we're looking to revitalize it, and I think we're, we're getting there. Um, I'm a type A personality, so I'm not sure anything's ever good enough for me. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, our goal is very simple. Make golf fun and accessible. Uh, accessible also means sometimes in price. Look, we have some outstanding facilities in the area. Uh, my background included working for the PGA Tour uh, over at headquarters. Outstanding facility, obviously, over there, you know, top top world facility, right? Top 10 type of property. But golf, um, to be accessible, is a lot of times about price
4: mm-hmm. and then
3: balancing that with the experience. So we put a lot of effort initially back into the golf course with uh, the tees, fairways, and now we're focused on the greens. And this winter, we're we're looking very healthy. And the clubhouse, just as important, I call it, we focused on the off course, which is the experience the moment you walk in the building. And so um, we finished that in September, October, And we're launching the new restaurant concept this month called Stone and Barrel Tap House. So, again, fun off course, fun on the golf course, but challenging and making it accessible for everybody.
1: Yeah, it's really a beautiful setting. Uh, Everything with a brand new uh, clubhouse and restaurant, both indoors and outdoors, with a bar and a patio uh, that overlooks 18. Uh, It it is uh, absolutely out of this world. Now, I'm, I'm not an agronomist, so I don't know what goes into it, but let's start with the greens here. Uh, the changes have been really incredible to watch. The improvement, and you know, I've been playing now out there uh, for about a year, and I, I've I've witnessed the change to the positive. Just real briefly, what did you do with them?
3: So right now, through the winter months, uh, we've overseeded. Frankly, we we got a poa and bent grass on the greens, which will uh, take us through May and maybe into early June. And then our our summer grass, the past phallum, will start to uh, mature back in through the summer months.
0: Mm-hmm. Long
3: term, we're looking at whether or not that changes to a um, the newer strands of Bermuda. But right now through the winter with the uh, both po driven and bent, it's probably playing much more traditional like uh, the northern courses uh, with bent grass. so uh, very fast at this point in the time of year, and uh, we're excited about it, and people's feedback is. Uh, telling
1: us so yeah and 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 the greens are are always going to be time consuming but the tea boxes and the fairways that was very noticeable early on for me i mean i'm not saying it happened overnight i know there was a lot of hard work that was put into it but that change is is very noticeable as well
3: yeah again like i said we have probably rebuilt about 20 tee boxes uh using bimini bermuda the new strand of bermuda again but uh it can stay longer uh um, green in the shade and can last longer with less water. So those agronomists, uh, they're head and shoulders right in front of us on um, experimenting with these grasses, for gosh sakes. And, um, you know, they're always coming out with something new even with the NFL field. So we're trying some new things here and just, again, trying to deliver the best product possible but the best value for um, the everyday golfer just to come out and have a good time.
1: Absolutely. Right there at Cimarron, the changes have been absolutely outstanding. They've resurfaced the practice tee. I, the, the entire practice green and range. So yeah. uh, that has been another change. And, again, regrass multiple tees. The Bermuda Fairways have been reestablished. Of course, we just talked about uh, the ongoing process with the greens, which are getting better every time uh, that I play. Rick Shoemaker, by the way, our guest, joining us live from Cimarron. All right, as we wrap this up, Rick, uh, you know, g- give us a few things that I didn't mention. To tell us as well uh, what you got planned here in the first quarter in 2024.
4: Yeah, so we're we're fast with years with
3: our programming. So we got a practice, learn, and play program for 59 a month. Someone can come out and join, and basically practice every day, all day, for that 50 dollars, not pay another dime, and they get to play golf for 25 dollars after one o'clock in the winter time. So really, probably the best value going right now, just for for that uh, guy or woman or family that wants to just come out and and just get better and enjoy the facilities. Uh, we're doing a mailer here soon, so I'll tell all your listeners. It's a mailer that's going to introduce a $45 Wild One all-inclusive golf package. So if you get the mailer, come on out. But basically it includes uh, golf, lunch, and a beer on us uh, from uh, now through February. So, um, again, you look for that mailer in the zip code. If you didn't get it and you're a listener, uh, I'll tell you what, call in and mention that you heard on Rick's show about the Wild One inclusive package for $45. And uh, we'll certainly honor that for you as well. So it's called the preview package technically, but refer to it as the wild one preview package. Love to have you back out playing the property, seeing what we're about, and just to get an experience the whole 10 yards out here.
1: No doubt about it. Uh, absolutely. Uh, all for it. Okay. Uh, again, and our listeners, 641-1010 on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. I, I, I've put it out there. Tell me, you know, I'm honest about everything. Tell me what you think when you play it. I have a feeling you're going to be blown away by the improvements over there at Cimarron. Rick, always a lot of fun. Thank you. No, thank you. Have a great night. All right, there he goes. I appreciate that with Rick Shoemaker. And, um, again, I'm not doing this just to put a couple of bones in my pocket. Uh, I'm doing it because I believe in it. And I play there at least once a week. And, you know, I'm not one of those that that doesn't mean I don't play anywhere. I play all over. I play all over, okay, including right there with the 210 Mafia, okay, all four of the golf courses there. I, I play them. I'm, I'm not one of those who, you know, this isn't like Miller Lite. Hey, blue, you got a Pabst Blue Ribbon hat on. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, that came from the Miller Lite distributors over there at Champion. They also distribute Pabst Blue Ribbon. When's the last time you've had a Pabst Blue Ribbon, JJ? Uh
2: probably I've probably had one my entire life are you kidding me not my are you favorite. from
1: the silver spoon are you like not wealthy my or
2: yeah um I like a
1: pops blue ribbon here here and there but uh anyway uh obviously you can't tonight because it's already dark but uh, starting tomorrow when you get on out there just um get, give it a shot I, I know when I say similar, you gonna be like yeah whatever and they're Unfortunately, there's a couple of golf courses like that in town. Most are really, really good. Uh, Cimarron has made fantastic changes. So I, I want you to be able to uh, see that for yourself. All right, let's get ready for our second hour. We're going to get back to Jaguars football. I haven't mentioned the Pro Bowl at all. It's weird because I'm, I'm not a big fan, so to speak, of the Pro Bowl. I Individual awards don't mean a great deal to me. Now, I am a hypocrite because I've been a longtime Heisman Trophy voter, and that vote means an incredible amount to me. But, you know, I, the Cy Young means something to me. The MVP in baseball means something to me. I, I don't know if an MVP in football does. I don't know if an MVP in hockey or basketball does does um you know the pro bowl is so misconstrued nowadays because guys opt out and I, I guess they don't even have the game anymore right it's it's more of just uh whatever the hell they do some sort of challenge or or games at least i think that's the case i can't remember the last time i ever watched the pro bowl i think wasn't last well, year, they like the first like, year
2: they do a skills challenge now so there's like a uh, I think there's a flag football game, but then there's like uh, a lot of other crap. You know, the receivers run fast, and the quarterbacks throw balls through hoops. Is this like the, the old school?
1: Uh, is this like the old school Battle of the Stars with like the quarterback?
2: Well, gonna have like Heather stars, yeah. Heather
1: Locklear out there, <laughs> and OJ Simpson, and and Bruce Jenner. That would be way more exciting than what it actually is. Captain Kangaroo. You know, it's like Battle of the
2: Stars. I liked when I was a kid; they had the Pro Bowlers playing, like beach volleyball, or tug of be- war, beach, yeah, stuff on the beach. Until that one guy for the Jets, like, completely destroyed his leg, like, never played again. I
1: think Superstars was like the first ever event that actually had like a sideline reporter, because you would, you'd have like Heather Locklear, like. Jumping, running like the 100 yard and jumping over hurdles. And then at the end, you'd have like the juice. Let's set it down to OJ. Uh, Heather, you did the 100 yard hurdles in 28 seconds. 28 seconds, um, just a, a nod over. What's going through your head? And I think that was the first time we actually ever had that, if memory serves me correct.
2: Wow, Herschel Walker won back to back. 87-88. Willie Galt as well right after that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, man. Three-time champion, Ronaldo Nehemiah. I'm not even sure who that is. You know, San Francisco went out and signed him. They went out and signed because a guy. of
1: the show? Well, he was world-class as far as oh, the speed. track and field. I but see. they went out and signed him. The problem with Ronaldo Nehemiah is he had four feet. Joe Montana, like, threaded the needle, and <laughs> there was no chance at all. I mean, I was back in the days of, like, Freddie Solomon and Dwight Clark and um
2: he did get a ring did he really yeah i had four career touchdowns how many career receptions for ronaldo nehemiah 43 not bad how many years two um three seasons yeah i mean for you to be able to do that in the middle of your life like to just change careers that's an athlete man Mm -hmm. mm-hmm oj did win 1975
1: it's like the bullet from right here in town Bob Hayes, the late Bob Hayes, went to FAMU, the late Gil Brandt. Used to talk about that all the time. A lot of people believe that that is the first, like, combination deep ball. I don't know if it was Roger Staubach at the time or if it was Walt Garrison or Dandy Don Meredith or who it was, but it was throwing the ball to Bob Hayes, who, of course, was a star at FAMU, but he was – I want to say Bob was a, is a gold medalist, right? My my Olympics need some uh, brushing up. You got another one coming up this summer. I know, from where my daughter's at in, yeah, in yes, Paris. Yeah, yes
2: two gold medals. Two gold medals. Both in the 64 Tokyo Olympics, 100 meter and 1x4, 4x100.
1: You need to take a break here. And, but, but just because I mentioned that, you know, I went to the Olympics in 96 in Atlanta, and I— you know, Lake Placid in 80, and, and I'll never forget the United States boxing team in 76 in Montreal. And and just his story, we all remember that, we may not all remember it, but the, the, the brutal set of circumstances in Munich in, uh, in 72. Today, it's amazing how I can remember things like that. But you could put 10 grand in front of me and ask me what happened at the last Olympics, and I could not tell you Whoa.
2: one thing. Could you tell me who won last season's Final Four? No.
1: Uh, in basketball? Yeah. Um, I heard it the other day, and I'm like, oh
2: my God. Didn't Kansas lose to. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I know they didn't win.
1: It, you know what? It's scary. It's scary. I, I can remember. The answer is UConn, by the way. Okay. I believe. (laughs) I mean, I can remember in 84, Villanova beating Georgetown. And what, 87, Keith Smart, the baseline jumper to beat Syracuse. A kid I played football against, Ramil Robinson. He went to the same high school, uh, Cambridge and Latin high school, that Patrick Ewing went to. Made the free throws in 89 for Michigan to beat Seton Hall. I can remember... All of that stuff. But, again, I I have no idea. I, I, in Yeah.
2: UConn beat
1: San Diego State. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. In but the championship. Isn't
2: that really kind of scary? It just shows, like, there's too much. We watch too much. I mean, I don't watch that. I'm just saying, like. If you really want to know what's going on everywhere in every sport, it's really impossible. You have to, like, really edit yourself down to basically three, maybe four sports if you want to be a sports fan and be able to consume everything and and remember stuff.
1: uh, P.J. Carlissimo for Seton Hall. And remember the deal at Michigan. The coach left, and he went out to, like, San Diego or San Diego State. He went somewhere on the West Coast. And then they inherited the coach at Michigan. I can't think of his name right now. And he won six straight games. He won the – wasn't one of them Frieder, uh, the one who left? Bill Frieder, maybe? Because I, I, his his brother was actually a professor –
2: yeah, at, Bill Frieder in 1980
1: to 89. At, at his, his brother was a professor at Florida State. And that was back in the day when you had to hop onto those old school satellites that were just enormous. I mean, they they weighed hundreds of pounds. And he'd come in and ask, he might have gone off to Arizona State or or something. and um, But who replaced him? At Michigan. Do you have that in front of you? it to put you on the spot.
2: Yeah. Uh, Should be on the tip of my Steve tongue. Steve Fisher. There
1: you go. Steve Fisher. What a bizarre story.
2: Three Final Fours.
1: Wow, imagine that. That's crazy, man. I can think of all that stuff from those years. I mean,
2: college basketball used to be awesome. How, uh, how great was the Big East? The best. Uh, the Big Gavitt, East tournament, like that week. Madison Square Garden? The best. I mean,
1: Syracuse against Georgetown? And then you know every once in a while you'd have a run by St. John's or Villanova, UConn, or Boston College, um, Pitt. That's that whole send it in Jerome, Jerome Lane at Pitt. I remember watching Ray Allen versus Allen Iverson. Providence made the final four with with uh, with you know Coach Billy Donovan, the point guard, under Rick Pitino. Yeah. All right, let's get ready for our second hour. Yes, this is Jacksonville, Florida, uh, Mm not Providence, Rhode Island. We'll get back to Jaguars football.
0: 1010XL is presented by Farrah & Farrah, exclusive injury law firm of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Protecting you and your family. Call 396-5555-Jacksonville. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballew on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
1: All right, Dalvin Cook in the sign with the Baltimore Ravens. We talked about that yesterday as far as teams that we thought he may end up with. Uh, I think the convenient way to look at this is either you think that he is washed up or that Trent Bulky didn't have any interest in him. I, I think it's safe to say that Dalvin Cook didn't have any interest in Jacksonville. I think Dalvin Cook wants to go where he knows he can run the football. Uh, his value has dropped significantly this past year in New York. He made $7 million. They cut him. So I guess uh, the Jets were responsible for like $6.8 It wasn't a financial deal. You know, Baltimore is the best rushing offense in the NFL. We saw the injury here a few weeks ago when the undrafted rookie, Keaton Mitchell, went down. If they did have a chance, you know, to kick the tires and bring him in, then I think that's a miss. Uh, by Jacksonville, but uh, pretty interesting set of circumstances there. We'll, we'll see if, I mean, the, 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 tread is bare or excuse me, the, the tread is not bare. The guys had less than a hundred carries this year. And like the last month he's had like nothing like one carry here, two carries there. I don't think he's had any carries in the last two games. So uh, pretty interesting stuff that, that actually did take place there. Jacksonville, Congratulations to Josh Allen, Ross Matisik. They do make it to the Pro Bowl. This really created a bunch of angst last night uh, for Jaguar fans. And, you know, I understand it. I tried to make the point last hour that I really – I don't get caught up in in some individual awards, but I I know it's important to them, and I understand it's important to you. I do get the fact that it is another sign – of total disrespect to the players that you love. And, you know, a third of the votes are public. Jacksonville's not a public team. Um, back when I used to vote, you know, I used to go to Fenway and I used to vote, you know, it used to mean something, the all-star ballot in Major League Baseball. It it was always a popularity contest. It didn't matter if a guy was hurt, didn't matter if a guy was having a down season. That's just the way it was. You look at these names, and it almost feels like once you're there, once you get in, um, you, you're going to return. You know, the biggest snub, without any question for me, is Foyer Olulakon. Three years in a row now, he's got a chance to lead the league in tackles. I know he's got a little bit of work to do Sunday in Tennessee, but he's done it the last couple of years. To me, I think that would be the biggest omission. Yes, certainly Evan Ingram. Over a hundred receptions that that's alarming. I think the two biggest underrated snubs are what about Darius Williams, the year he's had? I mean, halfway through last year, he went from the nickel to the outside and did really well. He's had a better season than Tyson Campbell. He has been their their premier corner. In 2024, and I, I I think, and that's not getting as much support as Aloha Khan and Ingram, but I think you can absolutely make a case for Darius Williams. And the last one I put out there is Logan Cook. And Logan Cook sooner or later is going to get recognition. And I think he's one of the best punters in this game, period. So those are the ones that I'd have the biggest issue with. If you did not see, the alternates were announced, and it was Aloha Khan, Ingram, Williams, and Cook. Also, Jamal Agnews. We know his season is over, unfortunately, with the uh, lower body fracture uh, last week. I guess it was an ankle fracture last week to Agnew. And as well, uh, Travis Etienne is on the list. And I saw him tweet out a little something, either last night or today. I don't remember exactly what it was, but uh, clearly not happy with this. So that's another way of looking at it. You know that whole thing of providing a little bit extra motivation. I I, I don't know if Jacksonville's ever going to. You know, I asked Leon Searcy about this a couple. It was last week, and. You know, of course, you hear Leon every day at noon, but it took Baselli forever to get into the Hall of Fame. It feels like now Fred Taylor's getting closer. If it's not this year, I've said all along, I thought it would be 2025. But I, I thought that small market still applied back then. Small market doesn't apply now. It does not. Every We just talked about college basketball then, college basketball now. I think one of the reasons why college basketball, there isn't, as much attention, and your memory is probably not where it was way back then compared to now. It's because all these games are on. I mean, you look up, and it doesn't matter who it is or what the situation is. Every single game is on. Where back in the day, you had to struggle to find games, and they only put the premier, you know, clubs on, and and uh, and what have you. I I do think in that era that hurt Fred, and that's been a little. Bit of a reason why it's taken him a while uh, to get into the Hall of Fame. You can't make that excuse anymore. Not with social media, not with everything else that is there. Uh, really raised eyebrows, you know, last week, talking about the combination of, um, what was it, Bet Online and ChatGBT, talking about, you know, the weakest fan base in the NFL is Jacksonville. And it's so wrong, okay? it's It's just awful, But that's the result, okay? You took two entities and and say, what you want out of it? the The public in their view of this team is not a good one. it's It's not a positive one. And I think it has an effect on everything when you throw out surveys or lists like that, and when you get to the Pro Bowl, I also think the unwritten part of all this is Jacksonville just lost four straight, right? I mean, they were eight and three, and you were talking about a top seed. If they had gone 10 and six, if they were 11 and five right now with a game to play, and you could sit down your quarterback the way that. Baltimore is going to sit down Lamar Jackson on Sunday, the way that Kansas City is going to sit down Patrick Mahomes on Sunday, the way that uh, the way that Cleveland is going to sit down Joe Flacco. This we, If you're able to do that, then I, I do. I think you would have had a few more guys get in, but I don't know what to tell you there. I really don't. I, I just, I think it's going to take a lot of consistency when it when it comes to winning. You know, and it's going to have to happen year after year after year. And also, you're going to need your best players uh, to really step up. If you were to list who of the top 10 players on this team in August, how many out of that group really stepped up here to make it to the All-Star game or to the Pro Bowl? Uh, Josh Allen, absolutely. Aloha Khan, absolutely. But there's no Calvin Wrigley here. There's no Trevor Lawrence here. There's no Travis Etienne here. There's no Trayvon Walker here. Do um, you catch what I'm trying to get at? I, I, I think that's part of this whole process as well. All right, we got much more to do. Six four one ten ten. 1010 if you want to jump in on the conversation. Something on the media I want to dive into as well. Um, I think you'll find it pretty intriguing. That's on the other side. 641-1010, our best way for you uh, to contact with us, and that is brought to you on our text line by Lifetime Enclosures.
0: Into the Night with Rick Ballew on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
1: All right, less than 20 minutes away to go the Las Vegas. Rafael Esparza is going to join us. We'll check the money, including the latest on the Jaguars. Apparently a lot of money in. On Tennessee, that line in a lot of circles has gone minus 5.5 to minus 3.5. All right, the Kelseys are back in the news. Uh, Travis Kelsey defending Mike Tomlin went on to say that he hates the media and we don't need the media. Now, in a lot of circles, I love this. Uh, He's so wrong, but still, I I love it. I, I love when the media gets called out because let's be about as honest with this as we can about anything. We love to call out people. I love to call out people. But so many in this profession can not stand when we get dished on, when we get picked on, whether we're wrong, whether someone says that we suck, um there's so much bravado, right? But then when it comes back to you negatively, so many people just flat out turtle or they just go into a situation where it has a uh, you know, a tremendous effect on them. I, I'm not trying to separate myself from anyone else. I'm not, but the bit, one of the greatest examples of that is fear to admit when you get something wrong. Yesterday, I had someone ask me about Tank Bigsby, right? Uh, I'm sure all those folks who said all those great things about Tank Bigsby in the month of August, I'm sure most of them now are backtracking. I'm sure most of them now are hoping that that's not still in print somewhere or archived somewhere um, because they said it on radio or TV. Uh, I'm not going to try to shy away from it. It's just one of a thousand mistakes that Uh, that I have made, but, but in this case, it's, it's, first of all, no one is going to confuse Travis Kelsey for being a smart guy, right? He's not, but he says he hates the media. As soon as his days are over, which could be this year, he's already talked about it. It almost feels like it's going to have a Gronk type of end to it. Yeah. I could give you more, but his body's breaking down. Travis Kelsey's on the cusp of becoming a star in the media. Okay, now he's going to get away with it in his own mind because he's going to say, oh, you know what? I'm not a member of the media. I'm a former player. I'm just giving you analysis. Media guys write or they talk or they do this. Well, he's wrong. And I'll tell you why he's wrong. Right now he gets paid by the Kansas City Chiefs. As soon as he leaves and he becomes a host or. He becomes part of CBS or he becomes part of ESPN, the pregame, in-game, post whatever it's going to be. He's going to be getting his checks from Disney. He's going to be getting his checks from CBS. So all of a sudden now he does become uh, part of the media. I've always loved this crossover and just how awkward it is. Maybe the best example of all is Shannon Sharp, right? What a colossal jackass during his playing days. His brother might have been worse. I remember Tom Coughlin all of a sudden getting a gig at, like, CBS, you know, after going to the AFC Championship game in 96. I'm like, Tom Coughlin? You're paying Tom Coughlin to all of a sudden become part of the studio set? And I'm talking about Coughlin then, not the warm and fuzzy Tom Coughlin we have now. I'm talking about Coughlin then. Okay? Um, there's, there's always been that. If, if you're good enough at what you do, it doesn't matter what your relationship was prior. And it's really unlike that in almost every other business adventure that that you dive into. I mean, you can be a Marshawn Lynch, and they're going to give you something. And Marshawn Lynch was more of just, I'm not going to answer that. I'm not going to talk today. I'm not going to do it. But get us see what I'm trying to go with this? And... Travis Kelsey, I know he stereotyped the situation. He doesn't think that everyone in the media sucks. But there's plenty that are saying it's time for Mike Tomlin. What is this, 17 years in a row that he's had a winning record in Pittsburgh, yet he's only won, I think, one playoff game in the last last eight years. Um, You could say the media sucks, as Travis Kelsey did, but you can't say we don't need him. The media is also absolutely responsible for enhancing your brand, okay? The reason why you have these multi-billion dollar deals is because of the media's responsibility has always been what? Bring to you, the fan, what the player is thinking. You go into the Jaguars locker room after a game. You go into the Jaguars locker room every day after training camp. Not for me. It's because you want to hear from these guys. Whether it's a two-minute soundbite or it's something that you record on television, you're getting the information from the players and the coaches that is delivered to the fans. And I, and I understand how the media has changed now, especially with social media. It's immediate. It's right there. But it's really the same thing. What you make of this with Travis Kelsey?
2: I think he should be used to I mean, he'd be good in media. He's already a propagandist. He works for Pfizer. Um, Made $20 million to do a Pfizer commercial telling everyone to get two vaccines at once. Did he really? Yeah. I mean, you see it every single commercial break. Guy, I didn't know he made 20000000 million. Yeah, I've seen the commercial. $20 million yeah. is alleged to ma- he has made from that. Wow. So, like, uh, you already sold out. I mean, I don't... I. Don't mind guys hating the media. That's fine. That's why I – the players hate the media. So I don't understand why media is always so, like, careful about not hurting these guys' feelings nowadays. It's so pathetic the way that people in media talk about players, and they don't want to be negative towards them. It's ridiculous. They hate you. Those are hit-and-run guys. And there's a lot of them,
1: especially in big cities – that are so bombastic, that are so over the top.
2: But I'm not talk- I'm but just talking. But they never about face them. Any. I'm just talking about any media member. I mean, you'll find nobody here in Jacksonville local media that really says much negative stuff. Like when Trevor was struggling the last month or so, I mean, you really didn't hear too much about it. Uh, it. W- I don't know why. I don't know why people are. They sort of look at these players as like they're friends sometimes. It's weird. They don't like you. Most of them don't care about you at all. So I don't know why the media is so uh, not—I don't know. I don't know why their attitude is so like, hey, we need to walk on eggshells around all these guys. Why? It's your job to be opinionated about them. Mm-hmm. I, know, I don't understand it. Interesting. They wanna, they want so bad to be friends with these people. Honestly, it's weird. Well, not all of us. Oh, lots of, lots of y'all. <laughs> all right. Um, I mean, do you it, disagree it, with that? I, I, especially around here.
1: When I was in the in, in the nineties, and I was their age, maybe yeah, there were some that I hung with, but uh, you can ask anyone, and certainly Dave White, Dave Wydale down. I had my ins and outs with those guys all the time, including Tom Coughlin. I don't look at any of these. I mean, after turning the age of 50, you think I look at these guys now as friends of mine?
2: Not you, but I don't see any sort of like, you know, when you see the questions being asked and the scrums and stuff like that, there's never anything controversial. There's no back and forth like... I, I don't know. It, it's very friendly. I think that the NFL players, NBA players, MLB, all professional athletes at this point get treated very well, yep. like amazingly well yep. by the media.
1: And you see what happens when questions are asked that maybe people don't like. You see the reaction of it. Look what could happen when Calvin Ridley was asked about and running And it was runs.
2: like uh, the most basic question that you have to ask, too. Did you run the wrong route? And he gets all sad about it. That's why...
1: Well, he gets all sad about it, but there's also a cover-up a day later, where Press Taylor has to say that it's basically all Trevor Lawrence's fault, and the you know the unwritten rule there, in my opinion, is that they know that Calvin Ridley is very fragile. Yes. Documented, he's fragile, and you are right about that. This this is not a tough media market. No. There's not contrarians. Here. There's not people here covering the Jaguars that you can just point at and say, there's nothing he or she would like more than for that team to, than for Jacksonville to lose this weekend in Tennessee and get knocked out of the playoffs. I don't think there's one in town who wants that.
2: Nationally, I don't think there's those guys. No. There's like one Colin Cowherd. I mean, nationally, you're not going to put on the NFL network and see anyone saying, Anything overly negative about players. Honestly, there's one guy that people take shots at and it's Aaron Rodgers, and we all know why they do it. You know, but, like But you
1: get it in City you get it in Boston, you're gonna find a Dan Shaughnessy who who maybe Boston and New
2: York. Yeah, but, you get it, you get okay, in some of those major cities. There's thirty some teams. Uh, the the way players are treated right now is unlike any other time in the history of media. Like the Everybody walks on eggshells around these guys. They want to be friendly with these dudes. That's how it works. And so, for him to say, "I hate the media," fine. And guess what? Most of these players hate the media, yeah. or they don't care about them. So I don't get why the media does that.
1: They—it's weird to me. I—I uh, I don't have a problem at all with him saying. Me neither. We hate the media. Okay, I do have a problem saying you don't need them. Okay, you do need them. The media grows your sport. Uh, you know, I've always said this. If I walk into a locker room and I want to interview a player, if he says no, I'm not going to talk to you because you said something about me that I didn't like, I'm going to come back here and still have an opinion whether I have a soundbite from that player, an interview from that player, or not. So hate the media. Fine. But you can't say we don't need the media. And this guy's next career he is going to be part of the media, and he's going to spin it off. Oh, no, I'm just an analyst. I'm not a part of it. Well, you're getting paid by a media entity. Someone's going to pay him millions and millions of dollars, whether it's NBC, CBS, Fox, or ESPN, or the NFL Network. Travis Kelsey's moving on where he's not going to have to, you know, injure his body anymore, and he's going to make a ton of money as a member of the media.
2: That's another thing. I mean, most of the media is made up of former players, mm-hmm. and they are really never giving any negative breakdowns and insight on guys. That's just not how it works.
1: Very rarely works. And, it, and when it does, it becomes a Stephen Smith
2: situation. And people are like, oh, he, he's getting in fights on the sideline with players and stuff like that. He comes across as bitter, and it's like. Who was the other one? Rodney Harrison, right? Calling yeah, out who did it, a quarterback. Uh, who'd he, he said call something out? about a quarterback. He called right? Baker.
1: Who did he call out? He called out a quarterback. Yeah, I don't remember who it was.
2: But, he had to apologize to Zach Wilson. Okay, so that's you know, there's was.
1: two examples right there. Yeah, that called that's, him garbage. That's been uh, that has been consistent forever. Ninety-nine point nine percent of the former football players know much more about the game than those of us who didn't play. But 99.9% of those players publicly will not criticize any of these players. Privately, they will if you have some beers with them off the record.
2: Or as soon as the camera goes off. No way. Yeah, and the thing about the Rodney Harrison one that bothered people, I don't think was him calling Zach Wilson trash. I mean, I think most people would agree with that. But he had Chris Jones on the set. And it was right after they played him, and he was sort of like trying to get Chris Jones to call him trash. And it came across as like, eh, that's weird.
1: Richard Sherman. here's one here, 8043. I actually forgot about that. Richard Sherman called out Trevor
2: Lawrence. I guess. Yeah, I remember Trevor out. said, I'm keeping receipts. <laughs> yeah. How'd that go? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all
1: right, we got to take a break here. I wish we had a little bit more time uh, to get on this, but I—I'm I, I, poking fun at my profession because, as a whole, we are incredibly insecure, and we complain like there's no tomorrow. We complain about some of the most asinine things, and. I, I don't know. I just.
2: I think sports media takes themselves incredibly too seriously. And I think people like Kelsey see that and that's their number one issue. Well. The, They're a, annoying. A
1: lot of people in the media are miserable. They're underpaid. They're overworked. Um, incredible amounts of jealousy. To others uh, that are around so it's it's a very stab in the back business. I mean, you go from one place to another and you look at it from the highest of of channels that are out there. I mean, look at the lebitards and they leave e s p n Look at everything that happens. Look at, I mean, just and I'm talking about the highest extent of all this. Uh, there is there's a lot of jealousy. so again i I have no problem with Kelsey saying that the media sucks, but saying that you don't need the media uh, could not be. Any more of a farce. All right, I have a film we'll be picking this up again at some point uh, as we move. When he forward. gets a
2: job with the SPN this yeah, summer. Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. It, it, yep, there's no doubt about it. it it's it's gonna happen. Uh, and that's the really interesting part of it. Rafael Esparza joins us live from Las Vegas next.
0: Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing Phone Line.
1: Vegas, baby, Vegas! All right, live well, to Las Vegas. My bookie, mybookie.org. org. He is Rafael Esparza, and he goes into the night with Rick. Oh, Rafael, good to have you. Guys. How's it going? It's going good. I, uh, you know, I need to work hard and save some cash after blowing eighteen hundred bucks to go out there to see you two coming up. So
4: eighteen hundred dollars? I can, jeez, oh, they're not that, they're not that worth it. Oh yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. they're great.
1: And and that's just I I've, I've, I've met th- I've met them personally
4: and I wouldn't pay $1800.
1: <laughs> what do you mean you've met them? You you can't talk bad about those Irishmen. I've
4: met them in the sportsbook when I worked at MGM when they would perform there and uh, I won't mention names who was rude and who wasn't, but I've met I met nicer nicer people, we'll say it that way.
1: Would it Adam Clayton come in after smoking a big doobie and and put 500 grand on a soccer game or something? No, they were betting the horses. They were betting the ponies. Huh, interesting. Yeah, and that's only for the, the the ticket. That's not the hotel. That's not the flight. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, though. I look forward to it. Hey, big change: five and a half to three and a half. Jacksonville. It's dropped. Everything being poured in here on Tennessee. What's going on? Yeah, Tennessee money continues to pour in. I think this number goes down even lower. I would
4: not be shocked if you see a solid three on Jacksonville by Sunday, 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So if you like the Jags, wait. If you like Tennessee, hurry up and bet it. There's some fours still out there. I like Jacksonville. I think they're going to take care of business. The only way I think Tennessee wins, if King Henry shows up and they control the ground game and they keep Jacksonville's offense on the sidelines, uh, that's the only way I see Tennessee winning. Because let's face it, Tennessee's home field advantage has not shown up at all this year. They've been very vulnerable at home. Uh, I'm going to wait to see how low Jacksonville goes.
1: Now, is this a, a rallying cry for Mike Vrabel, or is this when Trevor Lawrence is hurt and he practices, even if it's limited, and in some of these situations with the variety of injuries he's had he hasn't practiced, that he doesn't play as well on Sunday? True. I,
4: I mean, but Mike Vrabel, he's one of those teeter-totter head coaches I'm hearing. He's gone on Black Monday. He's safe on Black Monday. He's one of those teeter-totter ones. If they were playing Washington, Riverboat, Ron, he's gone on Monday. There's a whole bunch of screw of head coaches that are gone on Monday. This one's very interesting. This one just tells me if Tennessee can run the ball, uh, I think they can keep around and hang around this game. If not, I think Jacksonville wins. So this is a very cautious one. I would either watch this one as you're a Jacks fan and cheer, maybe not bet it.
1: Leave us with Monday night. Where's the money so far at the window with Michigan and Washington?
4: Uh, it's been on Washington so far. I just think everyone just saw wow, Washington and Michael Pence Jr. was just, just be able to slingshot the ball all around Texas' defense. Uh, this one's very curious. The over has been touched a lot, I think, the past three hours. It was 55-and-a-half this morning. Now it's 56, 56-and-a-half. 56 that just tells me a lot of Washington and over money are coming in. Because if you like Michigan, you figure Michigan defense will bother Washington's going to be Michigan and under. A lot of two-team parlays, Washington and over.
1: Wrap it up. We tell us what's going on right now. My bookie.
4: Yeah, it's pretty much a weekend. We got Saturday NFL week 18 college football championship on Monday, but don't forget about the college football championship on Sunday, Montana versus South Dakota state. The FCS championship is on Sunday as well. NBA college, big, big college hoops weekend as well. NHL. uh, It should be very, very busy, but let's face it's all about football from Saturday till Monday.
1: Do me a favor. Text me those names of those YouTube guys that weren't nice to you. That really bothers me. I was going to have, you know, I was going to limit myself to just three fingers worth of uh, Talon tonight. I might have to go to the well a couple of times after that breaking news by Rafael Esparza.
4: You know what? Every celebrity or band I've ever met, you know who's always the nicest? The drummer. The drummers are always the nicest people you've ever
1: met in the world. That's Larry Mellon Jr., who's out right now. He's being replaced because he's having shoulder surgery as well. Rafael, always a lot of fun. Talking to you soon. Take it easy. Have a great
0: weekend. Now, Today's Takeaways, brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. All
1: right, Today's Takeaways on Trevor Lawrence. And once again, it's what's going on. You know, through on a limited basis today, but Vegas dropped the line two points. What does that mean? Uh, ESPN kind of in and around and up and down on, yeah, he's throwing, but not really doing all that much. You know, earlier today I heard it was trending that he, he that he's not going to go. Now it's trending that he is going to go. It seems like everyone is fishing here. My guess, he plays. That's my guess. And again, I've been dead wrong on Trevor opinions. I, I thought he would be out with the ankle. I thought he would be out with the concussion. And then last week, At this time, I thought he would play with the shoulder. Um, I I, I think the biggest part of this right now all of a sudden becomes if he is only practicing on a limited basis, do they have a better chance of winning with C.J. Beathard? It feels just really weird to say it that way because it's Trevor Lawrence and it's C.J. Beathard. I, I think Trevor plays. I do. Uh, But I do not know the answer to that question. Make sure you check out uh, the lot right across the street from Tinseltown. That is uh, on Southside and Gate. uh, The good folks at Key, that is Key Buick, Key GMC. I have the GMC Sierra truck, which I love. The GF has the Buick Enclave, which she loves. 23s are in the lot. Brand new 24s are in the lot. The incentives are absolutely incredible. Check them out at Key Buick GMC.
0: Now, the 2-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com/careers. Equal opportunity employer.
1: All right, Hacker Nation is here. Let's get ready for Hacker After Dark. Rick, how are you? I
5: like the shirt, man. Thank best, you. Best dad ever. I like it. Hey, it was a gift from the 4-year-old. He said he bought it online. I tend to doubt that, but that was the story I got on Christmas morning. He bought it online. That's what he said. So I was like, all right, thanks, buddy. So I appreciated it.
1: I I was going to surprise you with it, but I I actually did something about a month ago that I've never done before. I got really wasted. Ah, yes. And then I went on the computer and started buying things (laughs) while I was drunk. Okay? Yeah. We're going to have a serial killer week coming up here after football season. Wow. And I have got a wardrobe that is going to blow you away. You're going to be one of the few fortunate people that's going to be able to see my t shirts each and every
5: night. How about that? That is very, very exciting. I am looking forward to that. So there are websites that sell that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. I will. uh,
1: Dude, you should see one section of my bar, man. I mean, I I got serial killer playing cards. (laughs) I got uh the original Charles Manson life. Uh I mean, you name it, I got. It. It's just a big part of my life. Uh, there
2: there's something what kind an of ironic name. What's that? Life.
1: <laughs> there's something um uh unruly, but it's there there's something with serial killers that are I, I don't know how to explain it. What's the word I'm looking for?
2: Um Maybe you can help. Is it a calming influence for you?
1: No, it's. uh, Well, let me just get this out. I don't want to say sexy. (laughs) I don't want to say there's something sexy about serial killers, but it's got a little bit of an appeal.
5: to it. my fascination with serial killers comes strictly from the fact that my dad was the court reporter in the Tallahassee portion of the Ted Bundy trial in 1978. So, and I wasn't even alive when this happened. I just obviously found out after the fact. So I've always been interested by them. I like a good serial killer documentary every once in a while. But the day that I go buy serial killer uh, apparel uh, to wear will probably not come would be my guess, but I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing what you got.
1: Yeah, you know, and again, it it um, unless someone did something to hurt a family member. What would ever possess a human being to do that? Oh, my gosh. To another human being. Uh, just awful. And in most of these cases, that is exactly what happened. And, and that's why I was so incredibly interested in it. That's why I went to school for it. That's why I have a criminology degree. And that's why when I'm not doing sports, I spend almost all of my time on either rock and roll, the mafia, or serial killers.
5: I'm the same way. Investigation, discovery, a and E. I'm a big fan of court cam. I've told you about court cam. I don't know if that, I can do that. That's one of my favorite shows now. We had a situation out in Vegas yesterday. I don't know if you saw the video where the guy stormed the judge and jumped oh, yeah, over sock. the thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you get that sort of stuff on that show, court cam. So I have no doubt that'll be on the next season of court cam.
1: What else is coming up tonight?
5: Obviously, we're going to talk a lot about Gary Ridgway and Richard Ramirez. (laughs) and Throw a little John Wayne. No, we're going to do a lot about the Jaguars, obviously. Former Jaguar tight end Clay Harbor is going to join us in hour number one. We also have Brian Sexton from Jaguars.com. So, a lot of Jaguars in hour one coming up on Hacker After Dark.
1: Have a lot of fun tonight. He is Hacker Nation. That's going to do it for us tomorrow. We're going to wrap things up right here from 6 to 8, and it should be a big day. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Hopefully, I'll have a better understanding as to who your quarterback is going to be. I don't check the text line. Now that the show is over. You want to get a hold of me, do it on Twitter. That is Blue1010XL. That'll do it for us. Thank you to uh, my buddy Rick Shoemaker over at Cimarron. Also want to thank Rafael Esparza with my bookie. And, of course, J.J. LaSalva. Folks, that's going to do it. We'll be back tomorrow night, 6 to 8. I'm Rick Bollew. We'll talk then.